So, and I realize we've drifted a little bit from like what is content operations. Um, that's what we do. <laughs> right. That's what we do on this podcast. We drift. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like there's a Fast and the Furious joke, joke in there somewhere. This is all, this is all Jorsic drift here. What is content operations and why does it matter? So the, the content operations is, is how you do this, how you make the shift, how you do this new thing how you scale this up and you do it as a team, you do it efficiently, you do it with a high level of governance. And the reality is that this is something which requires specific process and specific tools. So, you know, you can make an argument that in like the, you own your book model, that you could do that in Word. Um, that doesn't mean you should do that in Word. You know, there are other desktop publishing systems which uh, while they're not content operations platforms, they're far better for documentation, you know, from a, even in the book paradigm. The, pr the thing is when you move into a more ops paradigm, uh, just like in DevOps, the tools really become essential and central. You know, you can't run DevOps without continuous integration systems. Like it just literally doesn't work. Like there is no DevOps without these tools. So we're kind of moving from a place where you know, the, the practice is a little bit more its own thing without, without specific tools. I mean, obviously you need some type of desktop publishing, but you know, again, like a lot of varieties there it could even be notepad. Um, I mean, maybe not practically speaking, but you know, whatever, um, to a place now where you need much more specialized and specific tools for the, for the job. Um, and I, I think that that's, that is a, that is a hallmark of, of all of the different ops movements, they all have um, tooling requirements. And the systems which are built to support the, the goal, you know, which is highly scalable, well-governed um, process, it, those are all built with both the tools and the people in mind. Like they're, you know, they're, they're very, they're very interrelated. And, you know, I think that this is, this is just following a pattern that has that has been occurring in almost all industries and in all all disciplines everywhere. Is it like as you get to a level of maturity around certain things, the tools become a much, much bigger deal. And I think that like that's that's certainly true in content ops as well. Um, so when I look at content ops, I think of it as being um, a team looking to get to this this cadence, this level of governance, this level of, uh, of consistency, all of these things and then making tooling and process selections um, to support those goals. Um, and there's a small number of tools that will really do that today. And they're different depending on whether or not you're, you know, you're, you're focused on you know, what is traditionally more like Marcom style content, or where you're focused on what is traditionally more like knowledge, you know, knowledge product reference content. Those are the, there, there's no tool to like, there's no like one tool to rule them all that I've seen right now. Like the, the tools really skew one direction or the other. And that's okay. Good even. Sorry, I had to write down the one tool that ruled them all in the footnotes. <laughs> I've just been sitting here trying to come up with Tokyo Drift references <laughs> the whole time. I got nothing. Uh, so, Patrick, I was, I was looking at an old article that you wrote and talked about content ops, and one of your quotes in it was that content ops 
ensures there are commonly known procedures that eliminate the need for content developers to spend too much time focusing on stuff other than creating quality content. Hold on. Can I say what I think that means? And then you tell me if I'm right or wrong. You certainly can. That means that there are automated processes in place such that a content creator or writer goes in, writes their content, and that's all they really need to be concerned about because the surrounding processes and automation to some degree is in place enough that, um, and it's tight enough that a content creator needs to focus only on creation of their particular bits of content and not any other part of the automation or the other um, deployment and operational side of it. Um, I think that's mostly right. So I think the thing that, that that misses a little bit is the fact that when you put together, when you, when you operationalize something, you know, like when you, when you go to like make something um, process driven, automated, modern, like, operational um, tempo that is going to give you like the types of things, you know, we've been, we've been shooting at, you know, again, like um, governance, efficiency, scale, consistency. The goal is to build systems that allow you to focus for sure. And to allow the writer to go in and spend as little time doing things that are not the high value things. So, you know, this is actually something that I think about quite a lot. And this is, again, a little bit of a tangent, but that's what we do here. Um, so when you think about AI, um, yeah, I had to go there. The AI is really good at, um, you know, kind of a small number of things. And, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's good at predicting, it's good at identifying. And in some cases, it's good at automating, um, which means that it's good at, you know, kind of selecting and running processes um, that a human would normally do. It's getting better at some levels of creation, um, but at present, the thing that AI still can't really do is, is it can't really create from, from nothing. It can't go from zero to one. Um, that's a thing that's still a human, uh, that, that's still a human task, right? So you can't like, you know, have a piece of software over here or a product over here and some AI over here and push a button and have the AI go and figure out what it needs to document and write all that documentation. Um, there's some AI now that will take uh, simple concepts and it will um, generate more content around it. Um, but that's not the same thing. Like that's like expansion. It's like, there's other, there's other things going on there. And like, this is certainly advancing and evolving, but there's like an awareness gap that hasn't been, that hasn't been filled and isn't filled. And I don't think will be filled super soon, although I think it probably will be at some point in time in the future. Um, so people, you know, the, the people part of this process today and probably for a while is the ability to be aware of what something does and what needs to be said about that and then to go in and do that. So back to what Jared said, what you're trying to do is you're trying to eliminate all the things that computers can do really well. So some of those things are like format the content, produce the output for the content, um, in some cases tag the content, um, push the content to other locations, break the content down into um, other, um, other modalities of the, of the content, um, check the content to make sure that it's in the right format. 
store older versions of the content. Like there's all of this administrative stuff that people uh, in the past and, you know, mostly probably largely today too, spend a lot of time doing that isn't the thing isn't that isn't the one big thing that people add a lot of value in, which is the ability to identify the parts of a product to create instructions and information and knowledge around it um, in a way that a computer just can't do. So the, the, the level of maturity you have in on the systems side of content operations, which is not the only part of content operations, I think you can really measure by the percentage of time that people spend doing that high value thing versus all of the other lower value things that you can build systems to automate. Right, Jared? And really, you're going to need a good CCMS as the foundational level to run these content operations. Content rules, but it can be a lot. I'm sure you've noticed that a lot of these topics are connected, but our short podcast episodes barely scratch the surface. Have no fear, because in the description, we have links to videos, blog posts, and other information that help shine some light on some of the more intense, murky topics. In no time, you're going to have a little bit better idea about structured content and enterprise content strategy. Hope you enjoy.